0: Welcome to a special episode of Confessions from the Sidelines, and I'm your host, Sarah L. Cowart. I love being able to chat with my friends on the show, and today you get to hear a conversation that I had with my dear friend, Megan Taylor. Megan is on a mission to spread happiness through her handwriting as the founder of All She Wrote Notes, a calligraphy studio based in North Carolina. She's a best-selling author, an award-winning artist, a speaker, and educator whose life motto is work hard, stay sweet trust God, and love deep. Her work has been featured nationally with Hallmark, Good Morning America, Medium, and Parade, and she's worked with well-loved brands such as Starbucks, Anthropology, Michael's, and Dayspring. Her happy hand lettering can be found on gift shop shelves nationwide. I love walking into the shops here in Auburn and seeing her happy hand lettering. I may also stop, take a picture, and text it to her just so she knows that it's out there. She loves bright colors, making people smile, and turning her mistakes into confetti. Here is my conversation with Megan. Hello, Megan. How are you today? Hey, so good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So as we get started with our conversation, can you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do right now?
1: Sure. My name is Megan Taylor. I'm the she behind All She Wrote Notes, which is a calligraphy and hand lettering studio based in Elon, North Carolina. I am an author and an artist and a mom, and I'm just living the dream over
0: here. Yeah, you're just doing all kinds of cool things. And so you just mentioned like you are the she behind All She Wrote Notes. Where did All She Wrote Notes come from?
1: I've always been a doodler and a drawer. I've always been a creative at heart, and I love handwriting things for people. My name is Megan, and my mom chose to spell it M-A-G-H-O-N, which is not how you spell Megan. She made that up. And she said that she spelled it that way because it looks prettier to write. So I think all along, it was in the cards for me to be some kind of artist, and, and having pretty handwriting is just a glorious gift that I enjoy every single day. But even more than that, I enjoy sharing it with other people. I teach lettering workshops, both in person and online. And then I'm in the process right now of building my very own brick and mortar studio where I'll be able to teach classes here
0: in my town. Oh, that's just so fun. Cause I think about like all the letters and all the mail and everything that I get that may have a really like fun hand lettering on it. And the happiness that comes out of that is just, there's so much joy. It's just a party in a package. So I love being able to just turn something ordinary
1: into something extraordinary and just showing other people how to do that. That I don't aim for perfection. I just aim for joy. Like I hope to have fun making something. And then I want the people that are receiving
0: that to have fun getting it as well. Oh, that's that's just like, That brings joy in itself to like everything. That's so amazing. But, you know, we talk about like this happiness and like you are very colorful, even in like the clothes you wear, your products, and there's so much energy in that. But I've heard you say before, like, you know what it's like to hit rock bottom.
1: Yes, I do. I I like to tell people I know what it's like. I I can appreciate being so happy because I know what it's like to be so sad. All of my life has not been sunshine and rainbows, but I think it makes me appreciate everything that I have now because everything that I've gone through in the past. And so it's just a really beautiful perspective that you can have on life. Like When you go through hard things, then you can just really value and just, just always cherish the good times and the good things that you have because of
0: the hard things that you have survived. So you're talking about like some of these hard things and I know like your road's not been easy, but now you're a successful business owner. But at some point in time, there had to been like a mindset shift that happened somewhere along the way.
1: Yeah, there, there was all kinds of things like graduating, like going through high school. I was the homecoming queen. I was the captain of the cheerleading squad. Like I had everything that you could want. I got into the college I was dreaming of going to, but deep down I was, wasn't really happy. I was struggling with some friendships. I was struggling with broken relationships that weren't going right or the way that I thought they Mm -hmm. should. Um, Going into college, I really struggled with just finding my footing. Um, I was a, I was just so used to not really having to try very hard and making the team, making straight A's, doing just kind of doing not the minimum, but, but I was naturally smart and I was naturally gifted at a lot of things. And then when you go to college, so were all of those other people. (laughs) And so it was really a struggle for me to apply for jobs and not get them to try out for the dance team and not make it to rush a sorority and not get chosen. And there were just different moments that my path took a different path in the way that I thought it would. While I was in college, I found myself in a really difficult relationship. I, I really went down the wrong path and dated somebody that I know was not meant for me, that um just really didn't treat me the way that I deserved to be treated. And we got into some really hard, you know, relationship things, relationship circumstances that just led me to to really the darkest season in my life. And it wasn't until coming out of that abusive relationship that I was able to look back and see, like, you know what? I took a path that wasn't meant for me. Like I made these wrong decisions and I made these bad choices, but good things can still come out of hard seasons. The lessons that I learned, the perspective that I have, I would never wish to go do that again. I would never wish it Mm -hmm. on anybody. But even when you've made mistakes, even when you are embarrassed or ashamed or you're down on yourself, or maybe something hasn't worked out the way that you thought it would, you get to choose what you wanna do from there, like where you wanna go from there. And a lot of times the good thing about hitting rock bottom, like there's nowhere to go but up. And you can really, really just turn your life around and just kind of just start moving forward with a really beautiful perspective. And that's what I was able to do.
0: Oh, and I love that so much because I'm thinking about some of my student athletes that I work with and even students that I work with where like either they have a really bad day at practice or they have a really bad game in their minds, or like the test didn't go the way they wanted it to. And their grades are truly dropping like week after week of the semester. But, you know, you were saying, looking back now, you can see like hindsight's is 2020. But what how, what advice would you give to those students who are experiencing some of those like rock bottom feelings now?
1: The biggest thing I would tell you is that if it's meant to be yours, like you can't mess it up. Like Mm -hmm. if it is meant to be yours, like if that is your path, if that is your plan, you are not powerful enough to screw that up forever. Like if you if you're afraid of choosing their own college or failing a test or breaking up with a person or making a team, if everything's going to work for your good, if you choose to see it that way, and if you choose Mm -hmm. to be able to pivot and be able to change and just be able to learn from every experience that comes your way. I think so often, like, especially at your age, like we have these huge life decisions that we feel like we have to make. And if if we don't go to this certain college or we don't make this team, you feel like it's gonna change the rest of your life. And it might, but you will get the best version of your life. Whatever mm-hmm. you're gonna receive is exactly what you were meant to have. And I think that you just have to, like my faith is a huge part of my life. And I, I pray a lot about those kinds of decisions and just think like, hey, I want to go where God wants to lead me. If if that's not where he wants me to go, then I'm really not interested. And that is a hard fought perspective. I surely did not have that. Um, Whenever I was in, in high school, whenever I was going to college, I was thinking like, let Megan figure it out. Like I'll, right. I'll make all the decisions, but it's really just a lot of peace that I have now walking through life that things are gonna not happen my way every single time. And there's going to be hard circumstances. There's going to be hard seasons, but the good for me, like always always outweighs the bad,
0: yeah. and and I think that's that's so powerful to think about. We can look for, you know, almost like little pieces of confetti in yeah. like everyday life. And, you know, I re- remember at one point in time, you actually moved, like you're from North Carolina, but yeah. you actually lived in California
1: Again. and I moved all the way across the country out of college, you know, trying to to, at the time chase a relationship that wasn't working out, like chase big dreams, big jobs. I applied to work at Disney and that was a dream for me. Like that would have been the ultimate job out there in California to be on staff at Disneyland. And I applied. The interview went great. They took a long time to call me back and I was kind of panicked. I was looking for other things. And by the time they called me to offer a job, I already had another job. And so I Mm. turned them down and, I, that was such a hard like moment. That was such a hard time for me because I felt like, oh, you've messed it up. Like, oh, that was your dream. You could have had it. You, you know, all it's easy to beat yourself up. But looking back, I needed to leave California where I belonged was back in North Carolina. I needed to be around my home. I needed to be close to family, friends, people that knew who I was, people that supported me through hard seasons. And if I had gotten that job, you would have had to pry me away like kicking yeah. and screaming from Disneyland. And I just feel like that was an answered prayer that that didn't get answered. Like I was hoping that would happen and it didn't happen. But looking back later, it's like, okay, that was actually my best interest. Like I pray Mm. a lot for God to slam my door if something isn't meant for me. And I think that was just one of many (laughs) slam doors that I've encountered. But just at the end of the day, like it it just wasn't meant to be. And I wouldn't trade what I have now for anything in the world.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's so interesting because I think about like all these students who are making these major decisions. What school do I go to? Do I need to play on that team? What does that look like? And some of these places, you know, they're not where they should be. Those students shouldn't be at like those schools or doing those things. And so sometimes that door does get closed. But along the way comes a little bit of a different outlook for them. Maybe it's they were going to play division one, but that offer didn't come. So they got a division two offer, and it actually becomes one of the best things that's happened to them.
1: Right. It's just so, it's just a perspective. It's just the way that you want to look at things and just the way that you choose to handle like when life throws things your way. Like in my job as an artist, I make mistakes every single day. Like I write things for a living and Sarah, like I either spell something wrong or (laughs) I'll write an ugly letter and be like, "Whoa, like you do not make the team. Like you cannot, like you cannot go out into the world. And so I have this like scrap paper bin ever by my desk and really early on in my business, like I was just too cheap to throw the paper away. Like, I mean, I was like, God, it's almost right. It's almost perfect. And so I was just saving all of this trash basically. And one day I got this idea that I could run like all of my scrap paper through my office shredder Mm -hmm. and out came the most beautiful confetti that you've ever seen. And once it became confetti, you couldn't see the mistakes anymore. Like you couldn't see the imperfections. You couldn't see the mistakes. You couldn't see the flaws. All of those things just work together to make it beautiful and to make it confetti. And confetti is just trash that Mm. chose a happier life. Like it, it is the broken pieces. Like it's the scraps. It's the stuff that was cast aside. It was not picked for the team. It was not chosen. It wasn't wanted. But if you look at it, like it's just been repackaged. It's been repurposed. And now people throw confetti at weddings. They let it fall from the sky at the national championship game. Like it is front and center. It is living its best life. And I just think like that's the greatest metaphor for like how we can choose to live. Like you can turn your mistakes into confetti. You can choose to to just take all of the hard things, like all the parts of your story that make you you. And put those together to make you shine in a whole new way and in a beautiful way that really can go on to and inspire and encourage other people too.
0: I love that so much because, you know, you are right. Like I think about um, any packages that I've gotten from you that like they're all filled with confetti and the amount of joy that I get when I open that up and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful but like it was once trash. It's
1: literally my (laughs) trash. (laughs) I like sprinkle that in there and it's just moving on down the road. Like it's not my problem. And it's just, it's just, I think about it every day. And then there's never a day that goes by that I don't make a mistake. Like there's, Mm. you know, there's seasons in my life. Like I've shared already that we're not perfect. They're not beautiful. They're not neat and tidy or fun or easy to talk about or happy. But I am happy today because I overcame all of those things
0: before. And, and, And that in it itself is so powerful because we think about, okay, gosh, I failed that exam or I didn't get that project turned in time. Or I mean, for crying out loud, you missed an online assignment. Right. But when you take the perspective of, okay, I'm going to turn this mistake into confetti and you shift your mindset, there's so much more that you as a person can start doing.
1: It's so true. Like you're unstoppable. Like it's just a whole different way that you can live your life, and just a whole way that you can walk through. Just holding things like loosely. Like don't gripping your hand around every single planet, every single decision. Just hold it loosely, and just see like what happens and where you're led, and and you know let the chips fall where they may as you're working hard, like as you're setting yourself up, as you're training, as you're practicing, do everything you can do, but then realize there's going to be things that are out of your control and just knowing and learning to, to be okay with that. And just trusting that how everything ends up is, is the way that it was meant to be.
0: And that's just, there's so much truth to like unpacking that because I think about all of the seasons of life, even including my life, you know, I, last decision decided my senior year, I wanted to play sports at college. And I like threw some straws in the wind to say like, okay, is this even going to happen? And you know, the decision that happened for me was I actually landed on a junior college team. Was that really my first choice? Probably not, but it ended up like making, it was the best decision I made at the time because then in turn, I was able to take that and grow from there.
1: And there's just so many skills that like whether you ever get to play at another level or not, like everything that you've learned now, like being on a team, like cheering people on, being happy for other people's success, like working together, like not putting everything on your own shoulders, like being willing to point to the passer and, and you know, thank somebody else for getting you to where you are, like, All of those lessons are never, nobody can ever take that from you. No no matter if there's a number on the back of your jersey for the rest of your life or not, nobody's ever going to be able to take those skills away from you. And you never stop being an athlete. Like you never (laughs) stop feeling that passion, like having that drive and having that sense. It just shifts to other areas of your life. Like it'll shift to your career. It'll shift to your family, to, to whatever it is that's important to you it won't always be basketball or golf mm. or soccer. Like it it might be something else, but your skills that you have grown and cultivated, like over these last, you know, four years, some of y'all 18 yeah. years, you're never going to lose that. And that's just such an awesome thing to have.
0: Oh, and, and that's, I love that so much because it does carry on even when your sport does end, because we all know at some point in time, like the sport is going to end. <laughs> And so like, it might be like right after college, it may be some kind of professional sport too, but at some point in time, like we've got to shift our passions and our drive into something else. And to know that you're already equipped with that because you have been part of that team and you've experienced that is, is so powerful. So Megan, I know that you are a big sports fan. (laughs) Yes. And so I would love to hear because the podcast is called Confessions from the Sidelines, I would love to hear, what is your favorite memory from standing on the sidelines?
1: I have so many. So I was lucky enough to work in sports marketing out of college, and I was at the Stanley Cup game when the Carolina Hurricanes won. I've been at the Carolina National Championship when we've won and when we've lost. So those are like two totally you know, different feelings. I went to UNC Chapel Hill, and so we won two national championships when I was in college, and that was amazing. But when you asked me that question and when I thought about my very favorite one, It was actually in high school and it was senior night for the men's basketball team. I was a cheerleader. And there was a kid who was the manager on, for our team and his name was Jason. Everyone called him Skittles and Skittles was autistic and he was just the light of our world. Like he just would hype the team up. He would do anything that was asked for him. Like he was just an incredible person and he didn't know, but we all knew that he was actually going to get to go in and play on senior night. And so remembering, I don't even know if we won the game or if we lost the game, but going and watching him and getting to cheer for him to make a basket, like all these things and just celebrate him. Um, It makes me cry now just thinking about it. And that was a very long time ago, but it just was just such a cool, special moment. Like it was very much like our high school's like Rudy moment. And I have never forgotten it.
0: Oh, I love that so much, because I think at that point in time, you know, we're able to cheer everybody on. And and that's why I love that question so much, because we've all had to stand on the sidelines and we've all watched some amazing things unfold. And it it really kind of impacts us in such a special way.
1: It sure does. It, sports are what makes life worth living for a lot of us, I think. <laughs> and you don't ever lose that. You never lose that passion,
0: even as you go. Oh, I love that. Now, so we mentioned in the beginning as we chatted about All She Wrote Notes. And so I want to make sure that everybody can find you. And, you know, if they're looking for any special something like your one of your books or even like Betty Confetti, which is one of the characters <laughs> in your books, there she is. Where can they find you? Either on social media or on your website?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, everything on social media is All She Wrote Notes and Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. My books are Betty Confetti, which is a children's book about turning your mistakes into confetti. It was written just as much for us grownups as it was for the kids. It's just such a sweet lesson. And I honestly think it would be an amazing graduation gift to give to somebody that is transitioning to a different season. I also wrote happy hand lettering, which is a step-by-step guide on how to transform your regular handwriting and turn it into happy hand lettering. Of course, all with encouragement to turn your mistakes into confetti every step of the way.
0: Oh, I love that so much. So we'll be sure to include all of those links in the show notes. So you guys can go support Megan and see all the fun stuff she has. I know I personally am an owner of a lot of things from all she wrote notes, and it brings a lot of bright encouragement my way each and every day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Megan, for being here and we'll chat with you soon. All right. Have you ever thought about turning your mistakes into confetti? What would that look like for you if you started doing that today? Thank you so much for tuning in to Confessions from the Sidelines. Be sure to head on over to your favorite podcasting platform and rate and review the show. And as always, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines.